Hello and welcome to day 3 of the 12 Days of Archie, where on this episode we are going to look back on an eventful week in 2017 where we played Rangers twice in the space of 4 days. This was record against the old firm had been pretty woeful for the best part of 25 years, but the season before they ran their Glasgow neighbours pretty close, with Rangers recently promoted and Thistle in a top six fight. James Kearney looks back at those games in a bit more detail now. To be honest, the game that season for me, or from that sort of uh, towards the end of that season for me, the one that really sticks in my mind, you know, the fans, uh, the Rangers fans ran on the pitch at the end of the, uh, the, end of the game because they qualified for the Europa League. Uh, that was the game where I'd sort of decided that if we didn't, if Thistle didn't beat that Rangers team then, then where on earth am I going to get my next, when am I going to, ever going to get to see Thistle beat Rangers? Because the Rangers were only ever going to get better at the side of that point because you know they just came up, they're back in Europe, they're clearly on their eyes and like you know given the finances and the size of the club and the support and all that, you know they were only going to ever get better at that point. Whereas I, mean, I remember looking around and thinking like, oh, we're in the top six. This doesn't happen very often. You know we're probably not going to stay top six, so this is probably going to be the best we're going to be for a while, and this is probably going to be the worst they're going to be for a while. And I was like, right, okay, well, this is it then. You know, we, need, we need to do it. And I'll say, like, go ahead. And then there's just that awful moment the last few minutes when Kenny Maurer, you see him driving forward with the ball on the right-hand side and just no one goes to him. No one closes him down. And it's one of those ones where 10 seconds before the goal happens, you know it's going in. You just see, you see someone like Kenny Maurer like, just jogging unopposed towards the edge of the box and you think, oh my God, someone stop him. But, you know, a bit in... Um, you know, Lord of the Rings when in the Two Towers, when the the mad orc guys charging to try and blow up the wall, and he's got the the torch, and then the, the Aragorn is like, "Bring him down, Legolas!" It's like, yeah, just do that. Bring him down, kick him, boot him. I don't care what you do, stop him right now. Because if you let him keep going, he's going to score, and then of course he did score. That goal really hurt. That was the one where I was. I think it's the whole myriad of factors, but that was the one where I was like. You know, it was a late goal, which hurt, obviously. It was against Rangers, which hurt, obviously. And then, like I said, with all the, the context of it all, I just kind of felt like that was our chance and we blew it. And uh, it's going to get increasingly harder. So like, that, that, was, that was a tough game. I hated that. Lovely day out, though. It's lovely weather. I remember going for two pints afterwards and all that. But that was the one where I was kind of like, this isn't going to happen again for a while. Uh, certainly against Celtic, you know, uh, I, think, I think there's maybe a couple of games against Rangers where we ran them close, like when Marty was there and Pedro. But I certainly, I, I'd certainly take the point of where I generally, it did, it did get to that point where it did feel like it was never going to happen. And then there's the one time it really looked like at night and then it gets snatched away in typical party fashion. In 2017, Rangers visited for Hill twice in the space of four days. The first meeting on a Friday night was a league game, and it looked like business as usual for the two teams. Kira National explains. I remember again, but as I said previously, just like fucking getting slagged off in school by Rangers fans and 
Rangers fans, like my pals and that, my, my fucking mum as well, my sister getting in any accent, oh, we're going to pump you, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, you're going to get pumped. And then going to the game and winding up Rangers fans. And then, like, I think they should have been, they should have went away comfortable. Um, winners of this game, I think they had a pretty bad first half this game. They also went 1 0 up, they were like, oh, right, okay, whatever. And I remember in the second half, we know I don't think we were really at it in the first half. We weren't really at the races. It was more Rangers kind of dominated it. And then in the second half, uh, we got a free kick. And uh, this was like, oh, it's quite a fluky free kick that, in the fact that we scored it. First battle, set to take it. And the Rangers wall just kind of collapsed it in itself. And I think it was Bruno Alves or something just kind of like turned around and like hit off his back and went like the opposite way from where Spittle had originally had it. It was a fluky free kick, but we'd take it any day of the week. Player Spittle's free kick. Got that on video and just going absolutely fucking, absolutely mental. Um, hugging my pals, hugging everybody. And then, like, not even two minutes later, Chris Erskine went, put his two on it. And I, I can't even remember celebrating it. That that was that, that was how good it was. Um, I can just remember going absolutely fucking mental. That, that I can remember Blair's bit one, because I've got it on my camera. But, like, the, the Erskine go, I can just remember going absolutely fucking mental. But it's just a complete blur. And honestly, it was only, like, five minutes later, we ended up going two on up. The ball came to spit on the right, and he just hit it across to face a goal, and then Squiddy just popped up at the back post, hit it in, and it's just the Rangers fans, I remember that. That game was quite an even game between us, because we were a lot better in the second half. Uh, I remember Graham, and Squiddy got sent off, that was it, yeah, Squiddy got sent off, uh, just kind of, he was on the ball, and it took a terrible touch, and then he tried to get it, and just kind of lunged into Morelos, who rolled all over the ground, very big exaggeration, but to be fair, it was a shocking tackle, but Morelos... I mean, you reap what you sow with that sort of thing. It's you know, <laughs> you you play you play the game. You know, you, you have to take you have to take the consequences with the game. Alfredo Morelos are very much you know regarded for winding people up, and yeah, like I think I think there was a weird reaction to it, whereby everyone when the tackle hit, everyone was like, Wait! and then they were still down, and they were like, oh shit. You should have done that. Like even even by our standards, like the, all the fans were kind of like, actually, you know what? That's, that's quite a rough tackle. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, is he getting sent off? Oh, of course he's getting sent off. Oh no! But it was that <laughs> sort of juxtaposition of everyone being like, "I love you, Chris Erskine. I'd take a bullet for you." And he's going to, "What did you do, Erskine? Why did you do this?" <laughs> yeah, one of those in like thirty seconds flat. It was it was quite wonderful. Ah, that, that's what everybody. Are. That's what everybody's like. They're like fucking. They're like yeah, squiddy. Then we, we we looked at we seen how bad the tackle was and we're like oh fucking hell. Um, I knew it was a red as soon as I seen it. Knew it was a red. red. That was bad. And then squiddy got sent off and we just kind of lost kind of lost sight of the game after that. And then Doran scored a pretty good goal to be fair to him, and it ended up being two two. Scully goalkeeping. That 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 was a bit questionable. His positioning for that goal was a bit uh, questionable, but. Um, I remember we were writing up Dorns because that was his first time. I think it was that was his first time going back to Fairhill since he, because uh, he was on loan with us before, wasn't he? Um, Graham Dorns. Um, and I remember writing him up, and then he fucking scored the equaliser. As soon as he scored the equaliser, and it was quite late on as well. Obviously for the following season, I was like, fucking not again. You know what I mean? Not again, surely not. Um, but we we stayed out. And Rangers fans were fucking raging that they didn't beat us, and we get we get the point. And I just remember generally just like having all this ammo and firing it at fucking Rangers fans, and for that for that game, slagging people in my school and you know whatever, just people that have been giving giving it to me all week and giving it all back, and they just didn't they, they didn't like it. So. 
This this game was uh, a my friend from Norway came over. Um, he was over that week. He was my best man at my wedding and stuff like. That. Like I've known him for absolute years, but he comes over to Glasgow every sort of like year or two, um, and we go and do stuff and all that, and it was just a good laugh. But generally, um, I I told him at the time I was at like. I saw her playing Rangers. Um, I go to all these old firm games because I don't yeah. want to, to miss the one where we win, if you know what I mean. Aye. So if you want to come, that's fine. If you want to go to something else, that's fine. He's like, and he quite likes football. He, he supports yeah. Bran, SK Bran in Belgium. Oh, right, okay. um, I remember I took him. But he doesn't actively follow it or anything like that. But I, my abiding memory of this game is going with him and him getting into the full terrace, like, shouts. Now, he's also right. like a a bass choir singer so he's like he right. sings in like russian orthodox choirs and stuff and he's very busy <laughs> and he was singing like oh mary hill is wonderful and like, <laughs> like really low bassy choir voice but um as well as that um he was getting he was getting into all the the terrace insults and like giving instructions to players now right. he was doing it entirely in norwegian <laughs> so i was just sitting there it was just this guy like big huge like six and a half foot guy just standing there for screaming like dylan get in the middle in norwegian <laughs> and everyone's like why why is this going on i um, uh, so i remember that and then i was like if we, I said to him, I says, if we win this, I'm not letting you go home. Like, what? Right. I says, oh, we're playing them in, I'm playing them in Tuesday. you will need to come back. But in the end, the point, a point of home against Rangers is still, still a pretty decent result. So we, it was a good result to take at that point. And if you look back that season, we didn't have many great results. So. Despite the jubilation of holding on for a point in that league game, the mood soured amongst the Thistle support as news of what Rangers fans had got up to at Furhill that night broke. So basically we drew with them in the league, mm. and then some Rangers fans broke into Furhill while Archie was being interviewed and stole all the flags on camera, and then burnt them on Instagram afterwards. Do you remember this? This, this is total news to me. You know, I, really, I wasn't really on... No, I, I swear to God, I've never heard this before in my life. It was on like the national news and things. I'm sure it was on like yeah, Wait, right. So be so right. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But yeah, basically, like after the game, there was an interview in Jagsville with Archie, and you can see people in the background in the John Lambie up at the flags and stuff, uh-huh. and they like move one of the flags, and nobody noticed at the time when they were watching Jagsville interview. They're just like, oh, it'll be some Janny or something like that fixing yeah, it, yeah. and then um, he and then like later on there was an Instagram post. Some like 15 year old Neds had like went in and taken them all. And they 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 filmed a public burning of all the flags on Instagram, fully faced, no masks or anything like that. So like all perfectly identifiable. The flags, no. I I'd left I'd left the stadium. Obviously, I think most of us left the stadium by that point. But I remember I remember if you were watching the post match interview, I think with Archibald, you saw them in the background stealing the flags. Uh, it was kind of unbelievable. I remember because I, I at this point I I, I knew. Because it had been like, you know, I think the video would go on Twitter or something and then burn the flags. And then I, on the post-match interview, you could see someone in the background just taking some of the flags down. And I was like, well, that's got to be them then. Uh, yeah, that was kind of unbelievable. That. And then we obviously ended up playing a week later. And I swear some seats got damaged as well. That was quite a, quite a poor, you know, quite an annoying thing at the time. It's not, not the first time seats have been damaged at Far Hill. I remember being buzzing and then, like, going home and then just seeing them, like, fucking... Acting hard, stealing flags, and that. Because I know that's what you, like, European teams do. That 
that they steal the opposition's flags, burn them and all that kind of stuff. I know that's culture, but like, but being buzzing and then coming home and just feeling absolutely devastated after that, that was just like that's so uncalled for, man. It was shite. Um, because it was the Amsterdam flag that got done, and that was like the first flag I remember seeing, like that, like but like going to the game. Like, that's the first, like, the one that stood out was like the Amsterdam. I was like, we get an Amsterdam supporters club, and we do. Um, and it was a Jordan Hill one they get done as well. But obviously they get they get recreated in that again. But it was it was it was a shame. It was shite. As I remember going into the the, the second game, every every Fissel fan. Was just like fuck yeah. them, We're I, I, fucking I, I, beating them. I, I remember there was I the it was a bit poisonous, but like that's kind of always the case with Rangers, isn't it? Because I don't know, like yeah, you, like, you always want to beat them, like you really want to beat them because like, yeah, it's always fun punch, isn't it? It's a classic thing of being like, arrogant, blah 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 blah. Fine. But yeah, you want to, you want to beat them. But uh, that's not the fast back. I guess I wasn't really on social media much. That, I wouldn't have been at that time, so I've, I've no idea. But to be to be perfectly honest, obviously they shouldn't be stealing the flags. Blah blah blah. You know that's kind of shitty. But to be honest, I think once they're stolen and they decide they're not giving them back, burning them and filming it is actually kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would agree. It's, I, it's just I, like oh, that's the kind of pettiness I'm here for. It's just like, <laughs> you know, like why would you do that? It's like going to such extreme lengths. There's no point to it. The thing I loved about it is that it was total. 1980s Hulk Hogan WWF. The Iron Sheik has the US flag and he's setting it on fire. And Hulk Hogan's gonna. It was literally like something out of the wrestling because it was a case of we we faced them and it went to a draw and then they burned our flag and then we've got a rematch at the Pontiac Silverdome in three days <laughs> and we're gonna beat them and we're gonna win the championship. And it was like at that moment, I was like, because going in, it, it pro- everyone was proper pumped. I remember the flag, the guy who sells the flags down at the bottom of the, the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made a rolling trade that day. I still have one that I literally bought that day because it was a case <laughs> of if you're going to take a flag, everyone went and bought another flag. <laughs> um, but no, I I've, I've vividly remember just it was a very toxic atmosphere. Every Fistle fan was like, yeah, of course we want to beat them. We always want to beat them. But more than that, we need to beat them now because of this. They have mm. they have crossed a line, and like it was just we Ned. So like it, it wasn't it wasn't like the Union Bears or like some. Uh, man. Yeah. It was just like some wee fifteen year old Neds who'd like jumped in. I you know after like when the gate was still open because they were like letting people out or whatever, and they jumped in taking the flags and nobody noticed. But like I just can't believe I missed this. With tensions at boiling point after the flag incident. Rangers returned to Fahil four days later for a League Cup quarter final. We started with Connor Salmon up front, I think. And in the first half, he oh, he had a couple chances for us. He had one header, which was a really good save from the Rangers keeper. And then he had another shot, which I think the keeper either pammed wide or something. I'm not 100% sure. But the first half, we had a couple decent chances. And then we ended up in the second half. We went one down when the ball went in the box. And what's that guy's name? Oh, I can't remember what his name was. He was a Rangers player with kind of long hair. I think he was Mexican, and he headed the ball across. He kind of backed his head, and it looked at him. We went one down, and then we were pushing for an equaliser. And we didn't, not, we hadn't really created a huge amount in the game. And then the 90th minute, the ball goes across, ball into the box, Dylan just brings it down and slams it into the roof of the net. I think he'd actually missed a quite a big chance with five minutes previous, and I thought that was the chance. We've like we've blown it now, but when he did that, obviously it was great celebration. Scoring his top time equaliser against Rangers was uh, was a good thing. And then Dylan scored, and honestly, everything that I've, all this 
built up fucking frustration I had during this game. I just let it all out and was going absolutely fucking, absolutely mental. My other friend from Latvia, who lives in Glasgow, he's one of my best right. friends, but his, his friend from Latvia was over and he took him to this game as well with us. And, um, because I remember, like, he was there and, like, he'd, he'd, he'd like, liked football and that, but he'd never been to a game in Scotland and he'd always wanted to go in that. And I was like, right, that's fine. I bought him a pie and a bottle. And uh, he, he sat there and he absolutely loved it. This is amazing. This is great. But um, I remember when Rangers scored, I just turned around and said, I want my fucking pie back. <laughs> and, uh, and then, um, but, and, um, and then we equalised. Uh, I never met this guy in my life before a few years ago. Sitting and like hugging him and my partner and both of right. them just like going absolutely mental. He'd never heard of this couple of two days before. And he was just going absolutely fucking mental. Cause really in some ways, I kind of wish that was a league game. Because we would have got a point instead of it. Because obviously when it went to extra time, we ended up losing, losing 3-1. I think there was a back heel with one of the goals. I can't remember what the other goal was. But yeah, we weren't, we weren't great in extra time. But... Yeah, I remember the, the equaliser was good memories, and that's obviously where that brilliant video of Archibald comes from. That one when he's uh, celebrating the goal. That I love that video. So a dramatically Chris Doolan equaliser in 90 minutes then sparked an iconic Alan Archibald moment as he launched a verbal tirade at then Rangers manager Pedro Caixinha, which was caught by the TV cameras. Um, there's a video on BT Sport, crystal clear, four, like 4K HD, of actually screaming, get it right, fucking up you, you fucking prick, to <laughs> when Equalizer goes in. If I, I'll send you the video of that. It's, it's, you, you, don't, you don't hear it, but you can clearly see it's something to that effect. But I, I remember when he said it, I think someone in the stand must have got a text from someone who was watching it on the mm. telly because yeah. what happened is that it went in and obviously nobody in like the north stand can see what he's saying or anything like that and then um i i remember it obviously it went to the extra time and there was like a five minute interval or something like that and somebody must have got a text and somebody's going to watch on the gate of the game on the telly and this is what's happened and he sent a video of it and saying exactly what he said and all that and then this kind of spread wildfire around the stand of people going Archie actually told uh, Pedro to get it off him and called him up. <laughs> it was it's amazing. You're like, oh, this is going to be so good when we beat them. And then, well, uh, I think they came out and then I think they scored quite quickly after. Yeah, I and think they like, scored a few minutes after the restart. Didn't yeah, so you had your 10 minutes of, we're going to win this. We're going to win the semi-final. Yeah. We're going to win the final. And then we're going to get into Europe. Um, and maybe not related to this, but we'll get into Europe somehow. And... and in five years' time, we, we will win the Champions League. I think that I think that's a very reasonable <laughs> thought to assume when we score the last minute. But then... even that goal in the League Cup game, so you know, it was like, I was right. I mean, it was another like ball in from the right, and it sort of was it Salmon plays it back across goal, and then it's just sort of a typical Dylan finish that he sort of traps the ball under his feet and then just sort of pirouettes in the spot and just like launches it into the roof of the net, like from yeah. I don't know maybe eight ten. Yards out or something like that. It's proper like penalty box stuff, you know. Uh, I just, yeah. I just love Chris Dillon so much. <laughs> I love him so much. I mean, his records in, against Celtic Rangers isn't bad at all. Like, for, for us, like it must it must be about one in three, I would suspect. I remember they were arguing previous in the game, and earlier on, they were arguing previously, and I was like, I saw them shouting stuff at each other at one point. Yeah, they clearly, clearly they're, they're, 
Pedrocino had pissed Archibald off a bit because he was absolutely loving that goal. But that video was fantastic. I, I love that video. It is incredible. But yeah, like it, it really sums up that that thirty seconds of him just screaming at Pedro because of how much it means. Like just the, sort of the visceral reaction of just doing all this work and then ended up with that equaliser and stuff like that and just this outpouring of emotion that, let's be honest, every single Thistle fan in that stadium had the exact same thought running through their head at that point. And it was just all articulated, or maybe not articulated, but all just represented by Archie just absolutely cutting loose and just telling them to get it fucking up them. And it's such a non-Archie thing to do as well. Like, people always said when we scored, he stood there for... He never really showed a huge amount of emotion when we scored. It was only very occasionally or like... When we like stayed up at Tynecastle, he obviously did, and you know the top six, you could see he was happy. But I feel he's a manager who didn't like to show emotion until the job was done. Yeah, and it's, it, I think that's what makes it even better is that like, you know, th- there was no chance of anybody keeping a cool head there, and um, I just all came out. It's my, my favourite Archie moment by like. Yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, that that video was brilliant. It is, it is brilliant, and like, it, it, and that's the reason why we included it instead of just you know people about why are you including two draws um again well that that's why it's just that moment is the most Archie moment uh, that I absolutely, it's just so fascinating. Thanks for joining us on day three of Twelve Days of Archie. It was narrated by Matt Greer and edited by David Forrest, with contributions from David Forrest, Kieran Ashton, Jamie McDonald, and James Kearney. As always, stay safe and wear a mask.